Five to two Kings. Oh, for three for sneaky good bets. Oh. You're locked on Sabres, your daily podcast on the Buffalo Sabres. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked On Sabres your first listen every day. Your team every day covering the Buffalo Sabres. Joe DiBiase at Sneaky Joe Sports. Lots to talk to, uh, talk about on today's show. A loss to the LA Kings. Uh, Some... uh, Playoff update stuff with the hunt around the Sabres. A new team has entered the foray, and not in a good way. And also, a fun segment at the end. My top five Sabre couples of all time, with it being Valentine's Day. All ahead on the Locked on Sabres podcast. Thanks for tuning in to today's show. If you're looking to get involved in the show, at Sneaky Joe Sports. If you want to send me a tweet, uh, at Locked on Sabres for the podcast account. And... Our YouTube channel, search Lockdown Savers. Easiest way to get involved with the show as well as watch the show. You can do it there. Uh, a couple of comments. This one from CB8Saber on Twitter. He's tweeting at Lockdown Savers. His team is as soft as it comes on defense. One of these guys. Teams that four check against us win because we are small and weak on the walls. Battle in, in the wall. Battles in our end. Uh, don't understand the, understand the lack of action and getting more physical players. Okay, there's that. We're wanting more physicality. Sure. Okay. That fan's always going to be out there. That's fine. How about our YouTube channel? We'll go to Andrew ZY, who says, I don't think you need to give up two firsts for Jacob Chikrin, the subject matter of our last show. Coyotes defenseman, who is going to be traded in the next few days. He is not playing for the Coyotes because the deal is that close. And the reported package that the Kings are offering for Chikrin is Brant Clark, their eighth overall pick from two years ago, as well as two first round picks. And Andrew says, I don't think you need to give up two firsts for Jacob. I would say Isaac Rosine, Noah Oslin, the 2024 first round pick, and a 2023 second round pick. I am not giving up Savoy and Coolidge, our keepers in the draft. You only you give up only one first round pick with two players who are young with first round grades. It's a pretty good trade, I think. I actually don't mind this from Andrew. I think this is a creative way of getting in the game. I still think the Kings offer beats this out, but it's close. And you are giving them the equivalent in value of three first round picks, at least in in my estimation. Um, I think this is as good as three first round picks. Now, do do the Kings back off Savoy in the name of Noah Oslin and Isaac Rosine, two guys that are one year closer to the NHL than the guy they're going to pick in the first round uh, this year. I think that could be in the ball game. I think the Kings again, outbid them, but I do like that. He's trying to find a way to avoid Savoy, but our prospect guests from Friday, um, Hadi Kalakash, who's actually going to come on Friday again because we had some poor audio. He, you'll hear him on Friday talk about how he thinks Osland is the number one prospect of those three first round picks. So it depends what the Sabres think. It depends what the Coyotes think of the Sabres prospects in the system. But I like it. I like that we're trying to get creative. 5-2, Kings over the Sabres. I was 0-3 in bets. 
Tough night. I was almost home on one of them. The Tyson Joe's first time goal scorer is a long shot anyway, so I was never expecting that to actually hit. But would have take, taken the lottery ticket. And the Kings and the Sabres had it. It was at six goals, five to one with minutes to go. And Peyton Krebs, ah, damn it, Krebs had to put that one through and it hits the over six and a half goals. So I go 0 for three on the night. Not great because I also had the Sabres on the money line. This game, I think, was not as bad as the scoreboard said. The Sabres have some problems, for sure. But they actually outplayed the Kings in both the second and the third period. The first period, they got run over, no doubt. The scoring chances at 5-on-5 in the first period. 10 for LA, 3 for Buffalo. Um, The expected goals for 69% in favor of LA, uh, 0.5 to 0.2. Shot attempts were 17 to 9 in favor of LA, but in periods two and three, scoring chances for the Sabres 22 to 11. They doubled up the LA Kings. Shot attempts in the second, in the third period 39 for the Sabres to 24 for LA. Now, the third period, I'll give you, it was mostly because it was 5 0. Kings didn't need to try, they just need to sit back on their heels and play defense. But the second period was just unlucky. For the Sabres. They got boat race in the first, but I thought the second period they really just got unlucky. That one goal goes off the stanchion, ends up in Anderson's pad, it goes into the net. Anderson, I think, let them down on a couple of different occasions. I will not absolve the Sabres entirely, though. Even though I thought they played better than they than they looked. The numbers show that they played better than the scoreboard said. I think there's this thing in the last two games that the Sabres need to get over and they need to get over very quickly where one goal goes in and they get all scrambly. I I think in large part, the second period, the Sabres played fine, but those two pockets that that three minute pocket early in the first period where they give up two goals and lots of chances in, in the middle. Uh, You can't have that happen where even for three minutes you get all scrambly and you you don't really know what to do. You overreact to things. And then that minute window late in the period, the LA Kings get two goals and they dominated that little stretch. It's only four minutes of the period that LA dominated, but they got four goals out of it. And that just happened to the Sabres in, against Calgary on Saturday night where second period starts and it's boom, Calgary scores, boom, Calgary scores, boom, Calgary scores, chance, 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 just it looked like they were playing a different sport and the Sabres can't have that happen. I think that's, I think that's going to probably go away. Now that's two games. And have they had that happen to them all year? I could point to one other example in the entire season, other than these past two games where they just, they got in their heads. They were running around. They were looking like they were going to give it up. And that was against Detroit at Detroit earlier in the season where the Sabres blew a three-goal comeback or three-goal lead in the third period, and they did end up winning in a shootout, but, man, they got lucky to get through that. Uh, They had to kill a a five-on-three off to even get to overtime. The Sabres have looked like that once all year until the last three days where they've looked like that twice. So what am I supposed to do with that? I think I'm, for now, going to chalk that up to something that's going to go away, but you can't have that happen, even in a four-minute sample. You can't look like that because that the Kings won the game in those four minutes right there. They won the entire game in those four minutes, the, the three-minute sample at the beginning of the second and the minute at the end of the second. Can't happen. 
Goathead of the night, our MVP of the game in favor of the or on for the Sabres. Uh, for me, kind of easy. Victor Olofsson. Victor Olofsson in this game, two assists, two very nice assists, by the way, something that he's not accustomed to doing. Um, the the pass to Krebs uh, on the power play when he usually shoots there, it's right on the tape. That's a really nice play there by Victor Olofsson. Uh, I thought he was skating well in this game. His line was creating some chances. Uh, in fact, Olofsson in this game, uh, expected goals for, was uh, in the positive by a lot. It's 69.8%, and that was just at five on five. So Olofsson played really well. Uh, shot attempts, shot attempts when Olofsson was on the ice. He was third on the team with 65.3%. There were 17 shot attempts for the Sabres, only nine for LA when Olofsson was out there. He's going to get our MVP of the game or, or otherwise known as the Goathead of the night, Victor Olofsson. We'll take a timeout here. Repercussions of the standings after these two games. It's starting to not look really good. And we'll tell you what happened around the Sabres. There's a new team that has entered the mix. And that's coming up here in the Lockdown Sabres podcast with Joe DiBiase. We're brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. If you want to fade my picks, you want to go the opposite. Last night, you would have gone, well, 2-0. You can't really bet on Tyson Joe's not to score unless you want to bet like 100 to win a penny. Uh, you probably could. It's the midway point of the NHL season. It's the midway point of the NBA season. And it's the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to move, to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores and threes drained or anytime goal score props, uh, saves props for a Mr. Craig Anderson if you want. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay. So don't miss the chance to win. Uh, to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. It's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Sneaky Joe DiBiase back on the Lockdown Sabres podcast. Sabres fall 5-2 to two to the LA Kings. They are next in action against the Anaheim Ducks on Wednesday night at 10 o'clock to continue Sabres after dark. Let's go to The Hunt. Where are the Sabres in the playoff picture? Well, they still remain five points back of the Pittsburgh Penguins with the same amount of games played. They are six points back of the Washington Capitals with three games in hand. So they're just hanging on by a thread to that that comment of, oh, if they win all their games in hand, blank. Uh, They can catch the Capitals by winning those games in hand, but they have teams to climb over. Now they do have games in hand on those teams too. The New York Islanders, Sabres still have a better points percentage than both the Islanders and the Panthers. They are four points back of each team, and they have four games in hand on each team. So, win a couple of games, jump over the Islanders, and they are going to have some hard work to stay above the Florida Panthers. The Panthers have 13 points in their last 20, so they're playing a little bit better. They're not quite yet in meeting their expectation yet, um, but they are playing a lot better, Florida. Matthew Kachuk is on fire, so... I am a little concerned when it comes to whether or not the Sabres can stay above the Florida Panthers, uh, no doubt. Um, And Panthers won, by the way, on uh, Tuesday night. Uh, The Panthers got a shootout win over the Minnesota Wild, 2-1. Sergei Bobrovsky really strong in this game, and they uh, go four points up on the Sabres. The other team that wins on Tuesday night 
to draw even with the Sabres in the standings. A team has caught them from behind, the Detroit Red Wings. The Red Wings have won three games in a row. They've won six of their last 10, and they now sit with 56 points, same amount as the Sabres, and 52 games, same amount as the Sabres. Detroit is tied with Buffalo. Now, I don't think Detroit has the horses to do this for the rest of the campaign. I guess you could make an argument that they're just as likely as the Sabres. I think the Sabres are a more talented team. I think the Sabres are less reliant on old, uh, over-the-hill, not even over-the-hill, but you know, veteran overachievers uh, on their team. They have some good young talent. Uh, Lucas Raymond, of course, headlining that. Moritz Sider as well. But I think the Sabres top to bottom are a better team than the Detroit Red Wings. Although Detroit put on a show on Tuesday night, winning 6-1 to one over the Vancouver Canucks. Uh, Dylan Larkin with two goals in that game. Uh, multiple point efforts by Robbie Fabry, Andrew Kopp, and Michael Rasmussen. Uh, Lidstrom on the back end, not uh, Nick Lidstrom, but um, uh, Gust- Gustav Lidstrom uh, gets a goal and assist in this game. Billy Huso, who's been very strong for them in net, 29 saves in 30 games. This is not a bad team, the Red Wings, but there's not going to be room for them in the Sabres. So I don't really think they have to worry about them too much because if they're not going to catch Detroit, I think something's gone terribly wrong anyway, and they're not they're not going to make it in the first place. So. Just another team to watch out for, but I'm still got my eyes above rather than below. And maybe one other team worth mentioning for this. Ottawa's hanging around as well. The Senators get the win on Tuesday night over the uh, over the Calgary Flames in overtime. Uh, a great goal by Tim Stutzla. He had four points, a goal and three assists in this one. And he they are now three points back of the Sabres. Same amount of games played, but three points back is not nothing. So keep an eye on Ottawa and keep an eye on Detroit who are both currently below the Sabres in the standings. Um, Detroit's below Buffalo because of the the tiebreaker, but just two teams to keep note of as Sabres try to track down the Islanders, the Panthers, and either the Penguins or the Capitals. They have to make sure they stay above Ottawa and Detroit. One more quick timeout. When we come back, a fun segment. Our, my top five Sabres couples to celebrate Valentine's Day. And for Sabre couples, the best way to describe it would be you can't, It's hard to mention one without the other. They are inseparable in some ways. So that's coming up on the Lockdown Sabres podcast. We're brought to you by AG1. I've been seeing commercials for AG1. If you you want the visual, check out these commercials. They've got the the green shakes. They taste great. Um, They don't look bad at all, too. Like Sometimes you'll see those like kelp shakes or whatnot, and you're like, oh, these look good. These look good, and of course, they taste good. With one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help start your day right. Scoop in the water, mix it up, put some ice in it. It's great. Start your day right every day, uh, and you're getting all of those good things every morning that you need that you'd be taking tons of supplements in order to replace. It's lifestyle-friendly, whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free, it's because it contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no nasty chemicals. Again, you could also just put the little droplets right in your water. You won't even notice that it's there. Or again, shakes, which I think are really good. AG1 is a small micro habit with big benefits. It's the one thing you could do every single day to take great care of yourself. And right now, it is time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop in a cup of water every day. 
That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. And to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D. And for those times on the go, five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you got to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network. Again, it's athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network. Take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. All right, final segment here on Locked on Sabres. At Locked on Sabres to follow us on Twitter, or you can go to our YouTube channel. Check us out there at Locked on Sabres on YouTube. It is Valentine's Day, which means a special top five list. Top five Sabre couple of all time. One is inseparable without the other. You, you think of, if you think of one, you think of the other. And we'll start at number five. Lindy Ruff and Darcy Regeer, longtime head coach and general manager, 16 years together. One and the other will always be mentioned together. Lindy and Darcy. Darcy refusing to ever fire Lindy until it was right at the very end and he had no other choice. He had said on multiple occasions that as long as he was the Sabres general manager, Lindy Ruff was going to be his head coach. Multiple times he could have fired Lindy, and he never did because that was his head coach. The two were simpatico. Um, and they, they kind of they did work well together. Darcy, listen, not as aggressive as you might have liked as a GM, but he was a very good player evaluator. He built the 0506 Sabres with his draft picks. And, you know, some trades along the way too, some some sly trades, Drury and Briere, but he really he really created a Stanley Cup contender with picks. Roy in the second round, Pominville in the second round, Finneganoff in the third round, Campbell in the sixth round, Miller in the fifth round, Gostad in the sixth round. Just pick after pick after pick. Vanek in the first. Like he hit on all these guys. So Darcy was a great GM. And Lindy, you've heard me on him before. I think one of the most adaptable head coaches in NHL history. Um, showed up. Sabres and Dominic Hasek is their best player. What did he do? Let's build a defensive team that's built around our goaltender. Then Hasek left. And in 0506 and 0607, it was, wow, look at all this offensive talent. Let's do that. Let's let's go run and gun, baby. Let's, let's shoot from the hip and let's score a ton of goals. And the Sabres had one of their highest scoring goal scoring seasons ever and led the league in scoring in 0607. And we're also high scoring in 0506. Then Breer and Drury left and it was back to, oh, my best player is my goaltender again and Ryan Miller. Let me hunker down, play defense, and they won the division in 2010. So, love Lindy. He's doing well right now with the Devils. And him and Regeer are the number five Sabre couple of all time. Number four, Rob Ray and Ty Domi. I know Domi wasn't a Sabre, but Rob is an all-time uh, Sabre legend, um, especially now that he's working on TV. He's always been around the organization for 30 years now. And Ray and Domi, right? Ray and Domi. You can't say one without the other, can you? Uh, they had, what, 13 fights together? There's a long YouTube video of all of their fights against each other, and they are incredible. Some of them are just unreal. Um, and they're they're tied at the hip. It's one of the great fight rivalries that I know of in hockey history. So Ray and Domi at number four. I'm going to stretch I'm gonna stretch the requirements here just a little bit to get the Ray-Domi combo in here even though Domi wasn't a saber. Number three, Briere and Drury. Briere and Drury. This one, you can talk a little bit about one and not the other, but how often do you say Briere and Drury? It, oh, I know July 1st, 07 is one way you could do that, but you'll talk, if someone starts wants to talk about those two teams, how will they bring it up to you? It's like, oh, remember 
Those two teams in 05, 06, and 06, 07 with Briere and Drury, they'll with Briere and Drury. That's a sentence you'll hear all the time. They were co-captains together. Number one center and number two center. They were really co-number one centers. They were they were conjoined at the hip for those teams. They were equally um important, I think, to those teams. They both had their different roles. Drury was more of the the two-way guy, uh, clutch time. Briere was clutch too, but offensive, dynamic ability. They, they served their roles well, uh, and they were kind of both number one centers, both co-captains, and they were the faces, I would say, of that era, right? The faces of those two seasons is Briere and Drury. Number two, Tony Ludman and Henrik Talinder. No, they weren't as good as Briere and Drury, but... These two more than Briere and Drury, you can't talk about one and not the other. It's it's Talinder and Ludman. Those two played together for like five years together on the same pair. I think it's the longest I've ever seen two defensemen stay on the same pair. And they were just good, rock solid, second pair defensemen. Talinder and Ludman maybe were the first pair in 05-06 kind of under the radar, even though their ice time didn't represent that. They were probably the best two defensemen the Sabres had. Um, but I just think they were always, they were always going to be together, right? I, I can't think of those teams and you talk about the blue line with and you, you have to say Talinder and Ludman. So that's my number two Sabre couple of all time. And number one, this is different because this is one where you can talk about one without the other, but I'm going nostalgic here, going for my childhood and I'm going with Jim Lorenz and, and Rick Jenneret. Those two together, all the costumes they used to wear together. Uh, watch the top shelf documentary. It's in full on YouTube. Actually, if you want to watch that after the show, um, those two were incredible together. They just fed off each other in the booth perfectly. Their energy matched. RJ was so energetic and so, you know, the inflection in his voice. And then Lorenz was smart and the timing was perfect between the two. Lorenz always knew how much time to leave between RJ's goal call and his analysis. It, it never, they never stepped on top of each other. It was just a perfect perfect relationship play-by-play man and color man i don't think it'll ever be topped i love i love dave dunleavy and rob ray i I mean the guys you grew up with you're probably always gonna say we're the best um so i'm gonna run with it anyway i'm biased i grew up with them but i'm going rj and jim lorenz the number one saber couple of all time uh talinder and ludman number two danny briere chris drury number three ray and domi number four and ruffin regear number five all right that's it for us today in the Lockdown Sabres podcast. We got Sabres after dark again on Wednesday night. Sabres and Ducks. So come back for a preview of that game tomorrow here in the Lockdown Sabres podcast with Joe DiBiase.